0: Simpler Communications. Welcome to the MLB Daily Podcast, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am Brandon Carum. Uh, LJ is not here tonight, but that is all right as uh, we're towards the end of the season here. This is the third to last regular season episode from us. And uh, these wild card races are really getting intense. Uh, you know, there's so many teams that are still in it, even though the entire National League field is set. There's still a lot going on, especially in the NL West. Uh, We have some top teams facing off against each other uh, prior to the playoffs, which is very exciting to get a little sneak preview of what we might see. But let's get right into it. Uh, It's obviously going to be a shorter show because it's just me, but still quite a bit to talk about. We'll start off with the Red Sox and the Nationals Uh, really a must win for the Red Sox coming into this game after they got swept by the Yankees lost two out of three to Baltimore and uh, we're tied with Seattle heading into tonight and the Red Sox. uh, it, you know, this game, it was a slow start for both teams. There's no runs through the first five innings. Both Eduardo Rodriguez and Josh Rogers pitched very well through those first five. In the top of the sixth, though, is when the Red Sox were finally able to get to Josh Rogers and the Nationals. Hunter Renfro with his 31st home run of the year, a three-run bomb to put Boston up 3-0. Bobby Dahlbeck steps up next batter, his 25th homer of the year. Renfro and Dahlbeck go back to back. Boston takes a four to one lead. Uh, Two late home runs by the Nationals, solo home runs, but did not really have an impact on this game. Hansel Robles closes it out for the Red Sox and they pick up a four to two win. Uh, Other notable performers from this game Xander Bogarts one for two with three walks Uh, actually the Red Sox worked seven walks to only four Mm -hmm. strikeouts tonight Uh, and look I mean this is exactly what the Red Sox needed they needed to to win this game it makes sense I mean this is they're playing a Nationals team who's going to finish probably dead last in the NL East Uh, them and the Marlins are tied right now after tonight's games uh, for that last place spot, but Miami's playing Philadelphia. I have a feeling they're going to take at least one of these two games the next coming days. I fully expect the Red Sox to sweep the nationals. There's no reason why they shouldn't uh, because these are must win games for them for Miami and Philly. They're playing for nothing. So I see Boston winning these next two games and really shaking up the wild card. But that's what we expected. So uh, Red Sox go in, they get the job done. And I'm sure LJ will be very happy to talk about this tomorrow night, presuming that the Red Sox win uh, on Saturday. Uh, I'm not going to touch the standings until I get through all the games. uh, Just that way, it's it's easier on you guys. It's not as confusing. So the next game we'll talk about is Yankees-Rays. Uh, and Tampa gets out to a very early lead. Nelson Cruz with a home run in the top of the first inning, his 32nd on the year. Tampa takes a one-nothing lead, but then in the bottom of the first, the Yankees are able to tie it right back up. Giancarlo Stanton with a single that scores Glaber Torres. Uh, Stanton has just been red hot as of late. uh, I saw some people saying that he could potentially be the team MVP. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. He's certainly been really big for us in the second half. And, you know, those home runs against Boston, the home run against Toronto uh, judges the MVP of the team, though. I mean, you just look at what he's done. Uh, he's the team leader. Everyone looks up to him. Uh, he's, he's, our, he's by far our team MVP. But nonetheless, Stan has just been on fire lately. I told you guys multiple times on this show that – the way Giancarlo Stanton works is there will be three or four or even five stretches throughout the year of ten games where you literally can't get the guy out, and he'll be hitting four, five hundred through that ten-game stretch with probably eight home runs, and then for all the rest of it, he'll he'll be a two fifty hitter, uh, you know, maybe a home run every three, four games, which, you know, I'm not complaining with. It's just when he gets down these stretches, you genuinely think he's going to go deep every single at-bat. And for him to get hot right before the playoffs, very, very exciting if the Yankees are able to sneak in. But that game was tied 1-1 after the first. In the second, Kevin Kiermaier, uh hits a single, and that is able to score a run. Tampa takes a 2-1 lead. From that point until the top of the ninth, there would be no scoring. Tampa would hold a two to one lead and the Yankees and Tampa both pitched very well in this game. Nestor Cortez started for the Yankees, goes four and two thirds, five hits, two earned, five strikeouts. Sure, he didn't get as deep as maybe we wanted him to, but his one mistake was that home run really I mean in the second inning sure the Kevin Kiermeyer single was big but it, I uh, every time Nestor Cortez is on the mound I'm fully expecting five innings two earned runs and that's exactly what he did he's been so good for us this year that very nice to see him uh try to or to see him uh, Keep it up. Excuse me. I don't know why I'm fumbling all over my words here. Uh, probably because what happened in the top of the ninth, where uh, Wander Franco steps up and rips a huge two-run single off of, I believe it was Albert Abra- or no, it was Domingo Herman, who we put in. Yankees use a lot of their big pitchers in this game. Not surprising at all. Uh, Domingo Herman gives up. The single is that was, he was going into his second inning of work that scores two runs. Tampa takes a four to one lead, but in the bottom of the ninth, the Yankees are trying to come back. Joey Gallo, uh, he singles on this r- really weird bunt grounder to shortstop. Giancarlo Stan ends up scoring. Honestly, a beautiful play all around. Uh, I suggest you go watch that if you haven't, because just like reading it in the box score does not ju- do it justice whatsoever. And then that would make it four to two, Tampa. Brett Gardner then singles, and it's four to three. The Yankees have the winning run at the plate with Rube Ned Odor. Up, and he strikes out to end the game. Tampa wins four to three. They get their 99th win on the season. And uh, all I'm going to say as a Yankees fan is if we get swept here, there's going to be... I don't even know what I'll say if we get swept just win one of these games please it would make it so much easier on this wild card race just one game overall the offense tonight kind of got shut down I mean Shane McClanahan pitched really good for Tampa Uh, they had a I think three guys go at least into an into a second inning of work of course uh, Tampa's gonna Tampa when they do stuff like that but I mean, hey, why not? It they, it works. LJ and I did their appreciation show the other night. Go check that out if you haven't. But yeah, overall, a, a tough loss. But uh, had we not given up those runs in the top of the ninth, uh, we could have could have won the game in the bottom of the ninth. But <clears throat> it is, w- <clears throat> excuse me, it is what it is. And uh, yeah, we'll move on to the next game which is Blue Jays Orioles. Just wanted to really quickly mention Toronto wins six to four. Uh, Baltimore tries to come back in the top of the eighth. They're unable to. Steven Matz, seven innings, two earned runs, five strikeouts. He gets the win. And big offensive performers for Toronto. Kevin Biggio goes three for four. Santiago Espinal two for three Danny Jansen though top performer two for three three RBIs rips a home run in the third inning uh, a two-run home run and uh, leads Toronto to a six to four victory so if you're keeping track Boston won Toronto won the Yankees lost let's go to the fourth team actually I missed something with the Yankees I want to bring up really quick. Uh, DJ. LeMahieu has a sports hernia. He was not in the lineup for the Yankees tonight. Uh, they announced he has a sports hernia, and he will play through the injury for the rest of the season and once the season's over, he will get a he will get surgery. So uh, good to know. Not sure how much it's going to end up impacting him at the plate. I mean, I'm sure that's a tough injury to have to play with, especially in the field. I would have to imagine it's going to affect your mobility somewhat. But we'll take any sort of DJ we can get. Uh, Hopefully, you know, he's able to step it up in the playoffs, get a few clutch hits, maybe even a few pinch hit situations. We'll just have to see with him. But, uh, yeah, just wanted to really quickly bring that up. The fourth team that we've been monitoring in the AL wildcard, who is still very much in it going into tonight, the Seattle Mariners. They take on the Los Angeles Angels, and this was actually a pretty good game. Uh, Seattle takes the lead in the bottom of the second. Jared Kalanick with an RBI double makes it 1-0 Seattle, and then the only other scoring play in this game, the top of the third, Brandon Marsh for the Angels with a two run double. And that puts the Angels up two to one. That score would hold for the entire rest of the game. And Los Angeles picks up a two to one win uh, over Seattle, a huge loss for Seattle. As if they had won tonight, they would have been able to still. Uh, Really make their case for the wild card. Uh, We're going to talk about the standings here in a minute. Just let me run through the pitching lines here. Jose Suarez, who got the start for the Angels, five innings, three hits, one earned run, five strikeouts, gets the win, looked very, very good for Seattle, Marco Gonzalez, six innings, three hits, two earned runs and five strikeouts. Both pitching staffs looked really, really good. Only a combined nine hits in this game. Suarez for the angels, only 85 pitches through five innings and they pulled him Uh, Great outing for him. Gonzalez ended up with 99 through six. Uh, Both pitchers have actually had really solid seasons this year. Uh, and that's what you want to see, especially for a team like the Angels, who has been really struggling just overall with their pitching staff for the last however many years. But yeah, so with the Boston and Toronto wins and the Yankees and Seattle losses, here's where the wild card sits. The Yankees are one game up for the first wild card spot at 91 and 69. Boston is in the second wild card spot at 90 and 70. Seattle and Toronto are both one game out of the second wild card spot. They both sit at 89 and 71, which means I believe if the Yankees win tonight, or it'd be, yeah, tonight for you guys. They clinch. I don't know, like I can't find a website or anywhere that tells me this and I'm too dumb to do the math in my head very quickly, but I believe that means if the Yankees are a game up on Boston and they win and Boston wins, there'll still be a game up going into tomorrow. And even if they lost, or I mean, going into Sunday. Yeah. So I I believe if the Yankees win, they, they clinch a, a spot in the playoffs, which is huge, but Depending on what happens tonight, we could have a three-way tie for that second wild card spot heading into Game One Sixty Two, and yeah, we're just gonna have to see, man. I mean, it, if it had Seattle had won that game, can you imagine if it was Boston and Seattle tied for that spot right now? Uh, but Seattle. There's no nothing saying that they're not going to be able to win these last two games against the Angels. They're just offense has to step up. One run is not going to do it. And I'm really rooting for Seattle, man. I really want them to do good. I mean, I just think that there's no reason why they shouldn't be uh, in the postseason. Well, there is, there is, don't, don't get me wrong. I was probably wrong for saying that, but man, they haven't made the playoffs since 2001. If they can make it this year, I would just, that'd be a great feel good moment. All right. Last few things. We're going to go to the National League for Giants and Padres. The Giants win three to nothing. Not a whole lot doing in this game. Darren Ruff, homers in the first. Mike Stremsky with a single. And then the Giants get a sack fly later in the game. Anthony DeSclafani five innings of shutout ball. Uh, whole Giants pitching staff look really good. They only allow, well, they do allow nine hits, but no walks. So not really a lot of base runners in general. As for the Padres, they don't use any real uh, real pitchers of note in this one. Still pitch good, only allow six hits, four walks. Uh, and with the win, the Giants have now won seven in a row. Their 106th win of the season and it, that's actually a perfect segue into the next game, which is Dodgers-Brewers, which was by far the game of the night. Trey Turner is the story of the night. And of course, how does he lead off the bottom of the first inning? Or oh, sorry, he's hitting third, actually. But what does he do in the bottom of the first inning? He goes yard, solo home run, 26th of the year off of Eric Lauer. And the Dodgers take a one nothing lead. In the second, Lorenzo Kane doubles to tie the game at one. Omar Narvaez grounds out to give the Brewers a 2-1 lead. And then Colton Wong, with his 32nd double of the year, scores another run. Milwaukee has a 3-1 lead after two. They then extend the lead in the third with an Eduardo Escobar double and Luis Urias single. It's 5-1 Brewers after five innings after three innings excuse me we go to the fifth but actually before i go there uh clayton kershaw started the game for the dodgers and allows three earned runs he only goes an inning in two thirds he gets pulled from the start due to an injury uh, i'm not sure exactly what it was but i mean can you imagine if if, if uh kershaw is is out and is unable to uh pitch in the postseason i mean we'll just have to see i'm gonna look right now and see what exactly uh happened to him they said left forearm discomfort and they're not optimistic about him pitching in the postseason wow huge breaking story right now uh yeah, I don't even know how to react to that. I mean, that would be a huge loss. Sure, the Dodgers have a loaded pitching staff, but ooh, that wild card game just seems like it got a little harder. I don't even know if they were planning on a pitching Kershaw, but you figure if they get past the wild card game, they're now a pitcher short for the DS, which okay, I had the Dodgers to win the World Series. I have a bet on them that I placed a couple of weeks ago. Uh, at pretty good odds for them to win the World Series. I still think they're the best team in the league. Giants a very close second. Maybe the Rays even up there, but yeah, what a big loss. But this game was not over because, like I said, Milwaukee's up 5-1 to one after three. Bottom five, Trey Turner steps up and rips a grand Salami. 27th homer of the year grand slam for Trey Turner ties the game at 5 are you kidding me Dodger Stadium the sellout crowd of 51,000 people go absolutely nuts and i mean that was one of the coolest moments of the season uh Probably the loudest fan reaction I've heard in a long time off a TV broadcast. Go and check out that clip. I mean, if you haven't seen it, it was incredible. Uh, just the entire the entire moment. And this is a Brewers team, like I said at the beginning of the show. We have teams playing each other today who are very potential playoff uh, teams. Both these teams are going to be in the playoffs, the Dodgers and the Brewers. They're going to, at some point, I feel like, they would face each other if everything goes to how I see it going this is going to be an, a really good series in the playoffs if they end up facing each other and why not get a little sneak peek now after Turner ties it up with the grand slam in the fifth we are scoreless until the seventh where Matt Beattie solo homer to give the Dodgers a six to five lead there's then a wild pitch that scores a run to make it 7-5 Dodgers. Max Muncy singles and makes it 8-5. Dodgers go on to win 8-6. They use eight pitchers in the win because Kershaw is unable to get through two innings. And what a win for the Dodgers. They're 104th of the year. But like I said, the Giants, they've also won seven in a row. Every time the Dodgers get somewhat close to the Giants, they just can't. They, they, they can never catch up. It's truly amazing how that has worked so far this year. And the last game we're going to talk about is Cardinals Cubs. Uh, well, I should say first, Giants still have a two-game lead over the Dodgers. If the Giants win today, they clinch the. NL West, uh, or if the Dodgers lose, either or. But the Dodgers have still won five in a row. They're on a bit of a heater going into the postseason. All right. Cardinals-Cubs. Cardinals, Cubs, uh, Cardinals uh, there's really not a lot here other than Tyler O'Neal homers in his first two at-bats. 33rd and 34th homers of the year gives the Cardinals a 2-0 lead. And game ends up getting the Cubs take the lead in the top of the sixth. Trace Thompson with a three-run home run gives the Cubs a three-to-two lead. But show favorite Lars Newtbar singles in the top of the sixth to tie the game for the Cardinals. That score would hold till the bottom of the ninth. Paul Goldschmidt walk-off single. Cardinals win four to three. They have now won, what is it, set 18 of their last 19 games. The 2019 Nationals have shown me that you can never count out the team that is the hottest going into the postseason. And I've been saying this a lot. Just look out for the Cardinals in the, in the playoffs. I mean, let's not forget what they did to Atlanta a couple of years ago. They put up 10 runs in the first inning. Uh, yeah, this is it's amazing how they just are able to fight back. They went in front of the home crowd tonight. Bush Stadium's rocking. This is October baseball already. Uh, The starter for the Cardinals, Dakota Hudson, five scoreless innings, only allowing three hits. Giovanni Gallegos comes in and gets the win, pitches a clean ninth inning, and good for the Cardinals. And what's also good for the Cardinals, and we're going to talk about this a lot more in depth on uh, tomorrow's show. Adam Wainwright agrees to an extension. Uh, They said that it's going to be a one-year deal. They don't know the specific salary, but it is north of $15 million. Uh, And this is a guy who's going to get Cy Young votes this year. And what else is there to say about Adam Wainwright that we haven't said yet? I don't want to go too deep into it because I would love to hear LJ's reaction to this, but it's awesome. I mean, to see this guy come back for another year he's gonna go down as i don't know what his hall of fame case is if there's a hall of fame case to be made i mean if you're going off of the traditional stats yeah only 44 war uh his most comparable uh pitchers are roy oswald who is not a hall of famer but a very good pitcher in his career uh Ron Guidry, Brett Saberhagen, uh, Jared Weaver. These are all guys who, like, they pitched for a long time. They had a stretch where they were very good. But then towards the end of the career, they became more stat accumulators. As Wainwright had, like, a few rough years in their 2016, 2017 was both rough. But since 2018, he's really turned a corner. His 2019 through 2021 stats are actually really good i mean through 443 innings across these last three seasons a 351 era 3.99 fip a 115 era plus this guy's 39 years old why not bring him back for another year he's going to give you innings he's going to go deep into ball games he's going to be an above average pitcher more than likely and like i said he'll get cy young votes this year uh Certainly not, you know, top three or top four, but people are going to have to include him them, include them on your ballot. Cardinals franchise legend, one of the best players in the history of the Cardinals franchise. And it's awesome. I mean, to bring him back, it, it just goes to show why the Cardinals are one of the best sports franchises in all of sports. They will keep players for as long as they want. Sure, analytics have a big thing to do with it, but I feel like so, some teams, if they were in this situation, they'd let Wainwright walk. They say, no, we're not going to give you $15 million for next year. We already have two big contracts in Goldschmidt and Arenado. We can allocate that $15 million to up uh, to someone else, but love it. I mean, good for the Cardinals to win good for them to extend them overall just a feel good moment but that's going to do it for today's show thank you all for listening check us out on instagram twitter tiktok mlb daily pod and we'll see you later